This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, this is Matt. Kose. Mark. Ian. James. Mel. Zach. This is David. This is PSG Talking. Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello listeners, welcome back to another episode of PSG Talking. I'm your host Ed. Uh, joining me today we have Matt and James. We're really spanning the globe here. I don't know how many time zones that is, but uh, Matt, how are you doing over there in the UK? Uh, yeah, I'm all right, mate. Thanks. We've got a bit of a sore throat, but hopefully it's not coronavirus and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surviving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and James, how are you doing out there? In uh, California, good, right? Man. Yeah, real good. Glad to be here. Ready to get good going. Fantastic. Well, we've had some time to digest everything that happened from the Dortmund match. We actually had a game against Bordeaux that wasn't all that exciting. Well, I guess it was exciting, but we didn't play very well. <laughs> but now that we've had time to kind of reflect on that loss uh, to Dortmund, is the result, the 2-1 loss, is it as bad as PSG Twitter made it out to be? And how optimistic are you that PSG can still advance to the next round of the Champions League. We'll start with Matt. Uh, well, first of all, no, it's not as bad as PSG Twitter made it out to be because, I mean, what is as bad as uh, PSG Twitter makes it out to be? I mean, it's uh, obviously Twitter quite a reactive sphere. And, um, yeah, uh, am I confident we can make it through? Probably not, no. Um, but it wasn't that. I mean... I think before the game, I'd have taken a 2-1 defeat. If, if you'd offered it to me, I'd have been like, OK, that's fine. We've got an away goal. They're really good at home. They're not very good away. But having seen how it went, it was just all a bit sort of familiar story, wasn't it? The same old problems, the same old manager losing his marbles at the crucial moment, players not showing up, blah, blah, blah. We know the story. We've heard it so many times. So it, it's a real difficult one because... Um, I feel like the result in isolation is not that bad, but the performance and the sort of Verratti situation, him not being there for the second leg, I'm extremely concerned that this is going to end badly. So, yeah, it was a, just feel a bit... The sort of crushing predictability of it was quite deflating, I have to say, even if the result in isolation wasn't that bad. James, why is it that this team just can't get it together? I mean, this is going to be four years if they lose that they've crashed out of this round, and yeah. they always play the same way. What is the issue? Well, I think, you know, it's a it's a team issue. Um, and I think, what, so I was reacting on Twitter, but I was, you know, <laughs> laughing at the team because it's, it's comical at this point. But I think one thing that we kind of gloss over is like, um, like a determination or like a will or even a why of like, why are you playing? Uh, and I think, at a baseline, every team wants to win Champions League. So us wanting to win Champions League is not a good enough reason or motivating factor. And I think that's kind of been the downfall here where we're like, we have to win Champions League. Well, Dortmund wants to win Champions League. Juventus wants to win Champions League. Lyon wants to win Champions League. That's not a good enough reason as to why you're going out and playing the game. And when we start to lose focus, you start to see those cracks in the surfaces of our team. And then everything kind of falls apart. And so I think, you know, we have to really understand why we're playing this game, why we're doing it for. And I think for somebody like Neymar, you know, you play for legacy. 
mm-hmm. you know, for Mbappe, you play for the future because you want to be mentioned with the Messi's and the Ronaldo's. But everybody else, you know, are you just playing for a check? Because if so, Halan's going to kick your teeth in again at the Parc de Prince. And so I think, you know, when I look at other sports, you know, I look at like basketball. And I remember LeBron going up against the Warriors when he was in Cleveland. They were down through one. And then Clay Thompson does a, a conference, a press conference, and he like, pisses LeBron off. And at that point, you see a switch flip. And so it's not just enough for him to win it for Cleveland. He also has to win it because you're attacking who I am as a player. And I can't stand for that. You know, you look at uh, the fight that happened versus Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury the other night. And you can see Tyson Fury fighting for something greater than himself. And you can't stop somebody who's, who has a, a, a belief that is beyond who they are personally. And I don't see that identity manifesting in PSG. Like they're just playing not to lose or they're playing to win Champions League. Like that's not good enough. What else are you fighting for? What else are you playing for? And we got to figure that out. They definitely played not to lose just based off of Tuchel's formation that he went with against Dortmund. He had some players coming back. This is the first, especially Neymar. His first game back, he was out with an injury. He hadn't played. And it seemed just with his lineup decision that he was kind of just going to play very conservative and try to escape with as minimal damage as possible. And I guess you could say mission accomplished with a 2-1 (laughs) result. But when you look at the names out on the pitch... You would expect a little bit more. And to your point where, you know, what are you playing for? We stand up for something. Kylian Mbappe is from the the Paris suburbs. And he just wrote a letter to young Kylians in the, the Players' Tribune where he's talking about where he came from and what it means to be from there and, and playing for them. And it's like, and then he goes out and doesn't play really well. I guess he did have the one assist for Neymar's goal. But you're right. At what point are these guys going to stand up and say, all right, enough is enough. We're at our place. Let's get it done. I mean... So Matt Damon, um, or Mark Damon, not, not the actor, he said that he gives <laughs> PSG a two. <laughs> Matt Damon probably also gives PSG a two percent yeah. chance, but I think uh, five thirty eight gives PSG a forty four percent chance. So if you were to put a percentage on it, um, Matt, w- what percentage would you give PSG um, to advance? I don't know because I think if I was being objective, I'd put PSG around sixty percent because I think all we've got to do is win one nil. All we've got to do, lol. Um, all we've got to do is win one nil at home. And I think if you look at the players we got, the players they've got, you look at their record away from home. It's I mean, terrible. they're unlike it, not good. So you'd put P- so. Well, I'm just saying, with an objective hat on, I'd give it. I'd put it sixty forty for PSG at this point because I think we look at our home record as well. But as a PSG fan. 30 40 percent i'm sort of very pessimistic after seeing the first leg no well maybe no tiago silva is a good thing maybe we'll come on to that later yeah but no Verratti, it it's just not looking good but more than two percent though that's um, i've <laughs> seen some of what yeah i've seen some of what mark's got to say and uh i i like his i like his strong opinions but i don't necessarily uh take that view myself he believes it it's not a stick yeah yeah, he, no, yeah no. he believes it so uh james what percentage do you give PSG to advance? I want to say around like 17 to 25 percent. I'm getting pretty like granular there, right? (laughs) I think there are things that when I replay this match, um, there are tactical things that can be adjusted, like uh, the team playing in the 3-4-3, which is insane. What are you doing? Um, You're playing a 3-4-3 with a center back who 
is old and just coming off of injury and not in shape. What are you doing? Um, additionally, we're playing in this 1v1 animation versus a more the youthful team that can get up and down the pitch faster than us, um, and they're at home. And so these things can be adjusted. But my fear is that from what I've been reading in the media, that Tuchel is not taking ownership of the team as he should be and of the loss as he should be and doesn't necessarily see anything wrong. It's kind of like, well, the players have to show up, which is true. But, you know, you can you can you can manage the team. Right. You can sub players and you can do certain things in order to dictate the play of game. And when you don't do that, it's kind of weird. And so that's kind of where. I drop down to maybe 15% because Tuchel makes me nervous. Not that the players won't show up because I'm sure they'll give it a go. But I think Tuchel wants to outsmart you and beat you, which is a weird combination when you just need to win the game. Yeah. I mean, like that's what Guardiola's like as well, though, right? So I think that there's some merit in that, but I, <laughs> only if you're like really smart. And I think this... Uh, this instance would lead me to question whether Tuchel's really smart because, <laughs> I mean, what, what what is that? He was like, oh, well, we played it against Dijon, so that's okay. It's like, it's not okay, mate, because that was Dijon in like some game which no one cares about. And no. this is like literally the game which your whole season's defined by. You're like, oh, maybe I'll play 3-4-3 this week. Oh, that'll be funny, won't it? Maybe we'll just bash a load of long balls up to Mbappe and see how he gets on. It's like, what the, you know... <sighs> Anyway, yeah. I've read this literally, this was ages ago, and it's making me angry again already. <laughs> That's funny. And I, I think, I, well, I guess in that, in that same vein, in terms of like a pep, he has the ability to augment the game when it needs to happen. Like he can see yeah. that what's happening in the, in the match and say, hey, something needs to change. I think Tuchel says, okay, they're not doing what I need them to do. I need them to do that thing. Yeah. And there's no sort of change that happens over the course of the game, I think in the second half of the match, you start to see Dortmund grow a bit more confident in knowing that, oh, they're only going to pass the ball sideways and maybe make a few long balls over the top. And because we're in a 1v1, we can sort of predict where they're going to uh, pass the ball to, and we can be there. Uh, and so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of confusion between Kempembe and Silva. They're not on the same page in terms of what needs to happen defensively. And you got Halan out there looking like a superstar. You're, yeah, you're so right. And just on the sort of Guardiola comparison as well, I mean, we saw them, City, beat Real Madrid this week. And Guardiola trained the way that he played, which was quite un. I didn't watch the game myself, but I think they played in a different way, didn't they? And he was saying how he trained it for like a week before and they were literally just doing that all day. Well, apparently Tuchel told them they were playing 3-4-3 like in the team meeting like before the game. It's like, what are you doing? What are you actually doing? Are you trying to sabotage yourself? Yes. Yes, he is. (laughs) It's absolutely infuriating. Um, And then just today he's talking about, like, yeah, we we might, you know, work in Varadi. And it's like, he can't play against Dortmund. (laughs) He can't play. I, bring well, him on as a that. sub late on, but like you need to see can Paredes play? Get some minutes for Kwasi. Like you, there's other guys that need to play because Verratti is not able to play unless he like yeah. does puts on a disguise or something. Like he's not able to <laughs> yeah. play. So like why is he even taking up minutes that could be given I mean, to somebody else? It doesn't make any sense. I mean we've we've got a lot of money. I mean so maybe we can do some kind of face off thing and just like change him, <laughs> change Verratti's face with like uh, I don't know. Uh, Kuasi or something and uh, you know get him on the pitch that way he can maybe go to Qatar and get like a whole new identity change yeah, his exactly. name is that in the UEFA rules exactly. anywhere 
If there's any team that can get NASA's, around it, it's PSG. Exactly. NASA's on the UEFA, you know, executive thing, isn't he? So he can just make it happen, I'm sure. Right now, he just got brought up on charges. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> he did. Lesser charges, but yeah, he, he got out of that one. So you guys kind of already alluded to my second question, uh, but I was referring to the, the game against Bordeaux, which was disappointing even though we won. But what do you want to see from Tuchel in this next match or in over the next three games that we have before the Dortmund rematch? Are there certain players you want to see more of? Paredes, Diallo, he's in the squad for tomorrow. Um, what do you want to see from the manager? What sort of players do you want to see getting their rhythm and match fitness? Um, we'll go with James. Um, I, I'd like to see Icardi, um, mm. the guy we have on loan, <laughs> that we <laughs> will probably sign as our premier striker. I'd like to see him play. That'd be nice. Um, and I'd like to see the, the formation that got us to this point. Which is the free flowing four four two, whatever you call it. Um, yeah, I'd like to see that formation. I'd like to see Paredes get some some minutes. I'd actually like to see Kawasi get out there. Yeah, I think there's some interesting things going on, and I know how we on Twitter, like everyone's like, oh, well, they're young, so play the young players, and they're not ready for that that moment. But I think the interesting thing about Kawasi is that there's a uh, there's there's a an ability in like his not knowingness of the of the moment, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't know how big and how important this is because he's just playing for a pro contract, right? Like he's just playing to play, and so he, he apparently has one. Pro- he just hasn't signed it yet. <laughs> oh well, yeah. There you go. Sensible, but, sensible guy. <laughs> very sensible. He's following in the footsteps of Mbappe right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd like to see him play because he plays with an intensity that I think that we need. Um, and while this team kind of lacks an identity, I think that's one of the bright spots. Uh, I, I would like to see uh, Saravia kind of do some stuff just to see where he could potentially fit on the pitch. Every time I try to down that guy, he makes this crazy goal or an assist that you know, turns the game on its head. He does so, have that knack where, it, like, if PSG are going to get a game winner, it feels like Sarabi is going to be the one to score it. Kind of like a off-brand player that's on the fringe coming in and getting a game winner. For sure, he might. But, you know, to, to wrap all this up, we got to get a Cardi going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to see Neymar, Di Maria, uh, Mbappe in that formation, you know, playing with each other, getting used to, you know, playing with each other. And I guess Silva is going to be out for the second leg of Dortmund. Yeah, he's I out believe. three, yeah. four weeks maybe with a thigh yeah. injury. There's been 19 thigh injuries this season. That's ridiculous. <laughs> 67 so, combined I mean, games missed. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so to that end, you know, I guess Kimpembe will be starting. And so he needs to start building that familiarity with Marquinhos. Uh, and, and like you, you know, we've alluded to already, playing in the formation – and in the animation that we need, you know, no more one v one. You know, let's let's play zone, let's play four for two, and let's give it a go. Yeah. Matt, the issue is going to be midfield and on defense. Ander Herrera is out. We talked about Verratti suspended. So what do you do in the midfield? And then on defense, Silva is out. You're also, I mean, Diallo may start coming back, but do you bring back Marquinhos? I mean, it's kind of a mess. It's like, where do you put the chess pieces? So, like, where do you see Tuchel going? I think I think we'll see a lot over the next three games. But what do you personally want to see him do? And what players do you want, hopefully, see at Dortmund? 
Yeah, I mean, it is a bit of a mess. I mean, it's it's mad that we're in this situation again where we feel like really short of players. We've got tons of players, but it's just like, it feels like all the the ones that are missing all like not bring a similar quality, but sort of all leave a big hole, don't they? Yeah. So with you mentioned Marquinhos there, James. Is he, is he going to play him in midfield? Is he? I mean, he was in defence the other day, but... At his conference, him, he talked about how when he compares he Marquinhos midfield, yeah, right? to midfield and defence, he likes what he brings as a midfielder more. So if that's anything yeah. to go by, I think Marquinhos is going to be in the midfield. Well, and also, Marquinhos has been playing midfield basically for about 18 months now, hasn't he? He's really yeah. good at it. Yeah. And we're, I know we're short at the back, so I think I'd, I think I want to see Diallo a lot more these next two or next few games to see if he's up to it playing against, um, you know, into that big sort of uh, uh, big occasion, whether he can sort of physically handle it. Um, and beyond that, I think, James, you've covered it off really well. I think we just need to play our best team and stick to the formation that we're going to play and just play it and make sure they're back in the groove again because we've persisted. I'm not like a massive fan of the 4-4-2 and squeezing all the fantastic four in at the same time, but having done it for like half a season, it seems pointless just to abandon it now. Like it doesn't make any sense. So I think, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I think I'd be playing Diallo a lot to see how him and Kim Penbe get on. I mean, they're both left footers, aren't they? I think. So I'm not sure if that's ideal, but um Obviously, we've got to get some minutes into um, Carrera right back to make sure we can cover for Munier. Um, and yeah, in terms of midfield combination, I mean, I guess that's... It feels like like there's any of them could take it, really. I think I'd have Marquinhos in there. And I, I liked what you said about Kouassi, that exuberance of youth and that sort of... Him not having any of those skeletons in the closet. But at the same sure. time, we don't want to... I remember what happened to Lo Celso against Real Madrid when we basically never saw him again after that. Yeah pretty much. I don't want to destroy Kouassi at this point, so I think I'd be tempted to uh, go in there with um, Paredes or Gay, even though Gay's not been amazing lately. But uh, yeah, definitely some conundrums for Tuchel all over the place. You, you brought up a good point that Kimpembe and Diallo are both left-footed, and I think that was one reason some people thought that Marquinhos could drop back, because he could play on the right side of that central defense. Mm. But he's such a good defensive midfielder. You know? yeah. And there's not a whole lot of options to play it no. I mean Kwasi could play there but <sighs> you wouldn't do that though would you no like, I wouldn't trust it poor chap yeah he doesn't nobody deserves that he doesn't Haaland Haaland's a beast man like just anyway how do, you, how do you stop him I mean do you just tell Marquinhos don't leave his side wherever uh, he goes you go I mean what, what do you do yeah I don't, I don't know, know. Um, Maybe like sit him on, if he could sit on his shoulders or something, that'd be really good. Yeah. Just like guide him, like uh, guide him in different directions. Like one of one of my kids sits on my shoulders, and, like pulls my hair and really distracts me. Like maybe we could get Marquinhos to do that. <laughs> James, do you have any uh, ideas on how to stop Holland? I mean, he's just—I I tweeted out. I was like, Dortmund's going to score. Like they just give yeah. him a goal. They're going to get an away goal. Yeah, and I don't think that. So Dortmund scoring is not an issue for me mm-hmm. um in fact we saw uh on the away match that Dortmund scored and we went back and returned fire mm-hmm. and so we can do that it's just a matter of how many times can we go to the well before it runs dry and i think the issue with uh just putting a man on Holland and like just marking him is that and jane sancho gets free right and he didn't have like the best game but he was able to break into a lot of free spaces and put some shots on target. Thankfully, we have a competent goalkeeper who was able to keep him off the mark. But 
you know, who's to say he won't go to the park and find his rhythm and then score two or three goals? You know, that can possibly happen. But they just have so many attacking options that it makes it very difficult for us to kind of, you know, hold down a formation, which is why we have to be very solid in defense. Right. We can't have this sort of scatterbrained mentality that we had in the prior match and kind of playing it a bit more safe in order to get a, you know, a result and take it back home. Like, this is it. Like, this is it. Tuchel's job is on the line. We need to go all out. And Halan's going to score. Yeah. He's got to make sure that we return fire. And I think we can if we have the right dimension, if we have the right formation with Mbappe playing on the wing because no one can run with Mbappe. It was evident of, um, because of the goal that we actually scored. It was a result of Mbappe getting out on the wing. So, I think you'll know probably in the first five to ten minutes. PSG need to come out and hit this team. They're young, they're inexperienced, and if PSG with the crowd behind them could just overwhelm them, get an early goal, kind of like last year against Manchester United. They got that first early goal when Tilo Kara oh, passed it back. Yeah. And then from there, it just went. And I feel like we could do the same thing, but it's all about just pushing forward. Just go and hit them in the mouth, knock them out, and then just pour it on from there. I think – yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I do think the situation will probably pay in our favor a bit more this time than the Man United game because there's literally no way we can be so passive. Like, yeah. we can't, because even when we were losing to Man United, because we were in front, like, you remember in the second half, I ever saw, do we go forward, do we not? And then Mbappe had, like, that one chance, but I think that was about it, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Whereas this time, we've got to get on the front foot, we've got to own this game, we've got to make it ours if we want to go through, and there's no, like, like you say, there's no, like, uh, messing about, it's just got to... We just got to go for it. So hopefully that will, you know, that will play in our favor a little bit. Maybe hopefully could do. And, and if they don't, I mean, it could get ugly. We saw against Bordeaux, the fan, the ultras pulled out the banner to basically say, grow some balls. And they called out Neymar and Mbappe specifically. So like, if it doesn't go well, the fans are going to turn on them, I think. And it's, it's not going to be good. And so they need to, they need to realize what's at stake. And it's actually one of the Twitter questions later we'll get to. While we're taking a quick water break, we wanted to share a great podcast with you from the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Are you a member of San Antonio Spurs Nation? If you are, stand up. If you are, stand up. That's right, because this is a bucking Spurs podcast. I am Robert Trejo Jr., your host here at ABSP, and here we're talking all things San Antonio Spurs basketball, baby. We'll talk NBA as well. We'll have occasional guest hosts dropping in from time to time. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Podcast, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast jam on, we are there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for special Spurs content. And you already know what it is. Go Spurs, go. But another topic I wanted to get to is all of the distractions lately. So we had Neymar, his comments after the Dortmund match saying he, he wanted to play more, but PSG was afraid to, to play him. And then you had the infamous birthday party um, that images made it to social media. Mounier came out and said that he had no idea that he was a yellow card away from suspension. So I want to ask you guys, is this typical PSG or a sign that the pressure is getting to them? And another little anecdote I want to ask about Icardi's situation. Uh, James, you kind of mentioned this. Icardi's situation or maybe who wants to leave after the season after his loan. Do you think his wife and agent, Juan Denar, leaked those images or made sure that they were public to kind of generate some controversy? 
Uh, we'll go with you uh, first, James. Uh, no, I, I mean, I don't. So we we haven't heard from Icardi's wife, yeah. I guess, slash manager mm-hmm. um, at all, which is which has been great. Um, but I think dependent on how this second leg goes in the rest of this season, we might <laughs> we yeah. might hear from. Her. Apparently, uh, Accardi was furious and threw chairs when he learned that he wasn't starting against Dortmund. As he should. And then 48 yeah. hours, they're having this birthday party that I think she helped plan. And then she's making sure to post as many pictures. So do you think that was her way of like kind of creating controversy and say, you don't want to play my husband? Well, I'm going to make life really difficult for you. Here's a bunch of pictures of the party, the players partying with their shirts off. Uh, maybe. I think Marquinhos was also like posting pictures or something. That's true. Yeah, party, he was there. Which is not like the best thing that you want from someone who's supposed to be a senior leader on this team. Uh, I think overall, you know, we get to this point in the season every year where the mentality starts to sort of wane uh, and the players aren't as focused, you know, but then at the same time, I could play devil's advocate and say, if we won that, you know, first leg by a lot and then the players went to party, then we all be saying like, oh, well, they deserve it because they put in a great effort. And so it depends on how you sort of look at it. You know, you can look at it with rose colored glasses or you can look at it with, you know, contempt and disdain. Uh, but I think, you know, overall, the Mounier not knowing that he was on a card is like ridiculous, right? That's a player thing as opposed to like Neymar throwing a birthday party or deciding that he's not going to go to like a, a festival in Brazil or something like that do, for do the you first hold, time. In, you know. Do you hold that over Tuchel or one of his assistants? I mean, the buck has to stop with the manager. Yeah. I think you, because we lack that person in the locker room that's going to kind of hold the players accountable, you know, we don't really have that caretaker player. Uh, you have to, you know, look at Tuchel and kind of what he has given this team in terms of philosophy and really say, you know, like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, why isn't he reining this in? And I guess that person in past years was knacked to a degree, but he seems to be a bit farther away from the club. And I think Leonardo is handling more of the business on the pitch as opposed to in the locker room. You know, even though he made his comments known, you know, on that that uh, interview he did most recently. Uh, but, you know, it really starts with Tuchel. And then, you know, if Neymar wants to be that all-time great player that we know him to be, it's not just on the pitch, it's off the pitch and kind of how you conduct yourself in that manner. Um, but me personally, you know, I don't really care about any of this as long as they're winning, yeah. as long as everyone's fit and healthy, and every, as, as long as everyone looks really engaged in what it is that they're doing. Uh, except for that Munier yellow card. Like, come yeah, on, like, what are you doing, man? That's a little worrisome. Um, Matt, do you think Tuchel's lost this team just with all the drama going on? And we've seen him Ugh. sideline altercations with Mbappe. Do you think that the players aren't really respecting the manager? What's going on there? Uh, I mean, did he ever have the team? Does any PSG manager ever have the team? Probably don't, do they? Like, I mean, well, I think... So let's take those things in separately. Mounier, like, I mean, I just can't comprehend that he didn't know he was on the booking. Stupid man. Like, that is so unprofessional. Like, what's, I just want an idiot. Like, Why would you even so say that? Most, I mean, yeah, just don't, exactly. If you didn't know, just don't say it out loud. It's not funny. No one's going to find that funny, are they? It's not like we just won 5-0 and it's like, <laughs> I've got to sit out the next game. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. 
Shut up, man. And like Neymar as well, actually. Like, because I can't come on a podcast without digging Neymar out. Yeah. Just don't say it. You don't need to say it. Like, I I don't want to know, like, that you, you disagree, like, after the event, after, like, we've had a really terrible game. Like, yeah. just keep your mouth shut. As you, to your point, James, if he wants to be, like, the world's best player, like, it's not the time to, like, be throwing, like, your toys out of the pram. So those two incidents annoyed me. Do you uh, really see part, his point that yeah, maybe he was really pushing to play and they were like, no. And he just didn't agree with it. So he felt like, I got to get my side out because people are going to think that I just didn't want to play. I Yeah, but I don't know. Basically, yeah. I don't care about that because yeah. there's loads of things I want to do at work. But my boss sometimes says, no, like, I want to write articles all the time about things I find interesting. Yeah. My boss is like, no, go and do some boring like commercial feature. I have to do it, right? Yeah. So if two shells like, no, I think it's better if you don't play. Name one needs to suck it up. Because there's no, like, I know that that's not a perfect comparison because obviously the situation is not the same. It's not a normal job. But ultimately, it's about being professional and keep, it's not about getting your side out. It's not like we're not in some kind of war. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so those two things really irritated me. The party, I really don't care. Like, they, it's after the game. The next important game isn't for a few more weeks. Who cares if they go and party? Like, again, if you <laughs> extrapolate that to a, a normal job, if you have a bad day at work, you're not like sitting at home like mourning for like yeah. weeks, are you? I don't know what some fans expect. Like it's still his birthday. Like he wants to have a party. Fine, that's up to him. It's, if it was the day before a game, it'd be a different story. But it wasn't so. And, the, and there were kids there. Care. It wasn't like this like nightclub yeah. with like strippers and everything else. Mm, I mean, there were like little kids. They were, kids just ni- they were just having a nice time. Like who wouldn't? Oh, you see that video of them like all whirling their shirts yeah. around their heads and all that. I they wanted to be a nice there. Time. Like, Exactly, yeah, me too. And it's just like people will just have a go at PSG, whatever happens. Like if they they'd be like, Oh, there's no spirit in the locker room, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then they see them having a nice time all together and they're like, Oh, look at these losers, you know, they don't care about what's happening on the pitch. So uh, I don't know, I've just rambled through there. I think basically some I care about some of it. I care about the stuff that pertains to what happens on the field, but beyond that, I don't really don't really care and I don't think it's I don't think it's indicative of bigger problems yeah. that uh, particularly, I think there are bigger problems, but I don't think that behavior is particularly relevant to it. Yeah, I agree with for you sure. guys. That Mounier thing is ridiculous. And he's he's looking for a contract, so I can't imagine that's going <laughs> to help his case in sticking around. But yeah, we're clearly I think, anemic of having any right-backs on the team. Yeah. So he might get a, a contract extension out of... Um, yeah, a sort of sympathy one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> like, give, uh, just quickly on Icardi as well. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't a big market for Icardi last summer, which is why he ended up with us at the last minute. So I don't think we should assume that he's like got like tons of... I know he's had a good season, but I mean, he scored a lot of goals last season as well. There's, we shouldn't assume there's like tons of teams queuing up to sign him. Uh, there's Juventus so, I, I've seen and, and maybe mm, even Real I think Madrid. He wanted, Juve- mm, he wanted Juventus last summer, didn't he? And that's yeah. why he hung on for ages. But I don't know. I, I, I kind of think if we if we still want him, he'll be here next season sort of thing. So that's probably his, his agent, like, you know, trying to make sure he gets maximize his yeah. income, as it were. Well, speaking of him, uh, that, that's kind of our next topic, Accardi and Cavani. Um, let's just assume, I know, Matt, you said you don't really agree with the four attackers, but let's say Tuchel just goes for it. Accardi or Cavani? Cavani seems to be in a little bit better form. He just scored his 200th goal um, for the club in, in his history there. So with Di Maria, Mbappe, and Neymar. Which striker would you prefer to see up top, James? I'm going with uh, <laughs> going to go with the Cardi. Okay. Uh, I think that he just has a lot more athleticism in general. I think 
with Cavani, you get a bit more defensive presence. And it's good that he got this, what, 200th goal and, you know, there was fanfare and all of that. That's great. Love that. You know, guy's a club legend. Uh, but then he also missed a, a shot attempt after, you know, a Neymar assist, like in the same game. So, you know, he's trying to figure it out, but I, I just don't, I don't know if it's there. And I've, I brought this guy in, in a Cardi, and I want to see him perform at the top level. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of what it is. Like, I know what I'm going to get from Cavani, especially in these knockout situations. What am I going to get from McCarty? And I think, you know, it was a disservice to not even sub him in, you know, into the to the match against against Dortmund, just at least to see what he could give you. You know, yeah, he hasn't, you know, been the best as of recent, but, you know, this guy scored a lot of goals for PSG thus far. And we don't know what can happen in that second leg. And so if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out again. I keep saying, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out with who got me there. Yeah, go out with your best. To play devil's advocate a little bit, I mean, Icardi hasn't been in the greatest form. And if you if you want to talk about maybe Kwasi going out there because he doesn't have as many skeletons and all that, Cavani definitely has skeletons. But the one thing that he also has is that he loves this club. Clearly, he loves this club, even though he tried to leave in January. But, I mean, he, he is... PSG legend, no doubt about it. Is he the type of player that you would want to bring in just to get that little extra effort that you know you're going to get from him? He may miss the goal, but you know you're going to get maximum effort. With Icardi, maybe he gained some weight. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. He hasn't been in great form. I don't know. Matt, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I love Cavani, obviously, but I would basically agree with James 100%. I think... Icardi's here for a reason is to make a difference in these games where we might only get one chance and I think uh, we know from Cavani that one chance doesn't always equate one goal whereas I think if you look at Icardi's uh, shots to goal ratio is probably quite good I also think I think it's like third can... or fourth in Europe actually yeah yeah so I think hopefully we can channel that aggression that he showed when he found out he'd been dropped in the first game that should be uh, hopefully a motivating factor for him to go out and prove to Shell wrong uh and I would, yeah, have him back in the team, hundred percent. Yeah, but you guys all agree we're probably going to go with the four attackers and uh, Icardi. I would have thought so. We're at home uh, again. Yeah. What's the point? What's the point of doing it for so long if you're just going to abandon it now? Like, uh, yeah, I hope so. Now, if they get the lead in the second half, you still keep pushing, or you drop back and go more defensive and just hold on for dear life. Because if that happens, I'm turning the TV off and I'm going outside. I don't know if I could watch That's- that. That's probably what will happen. Jesus actually, yeah. Like if we get the lead, they'll they'll drop back because that's just what happens. And then some something else will happen. Jaden Sancho will get free and score a goal, and then it'll, you know heart rates will start going up, and then Halam will like close the game out and embarrass us in true PSG fashion. Uh, so that's what always happens. I'm used to it now. As you can see, I'm very calm. You know, I wish I'm I could be like thinking, you and Mark. I, like. When I watch oh, these games, my I, like I feel ill. Like I know what's coming. It's like a car accident that you know is going to yeah. hit you head on, and I just feel so sick when I watch this team play in these big games. Yeah, that was it. Sucks, sucks you in, doesn't it? it and then really you know, they just let you down again. Yeah, that was me last year, and I was just talking so much trash after that first leg versus United. Oh man, we're going to the you know. Uh, quarterfinals. Oh man, this is going to be great. And then they lost, and my mentions went crazy. <laughs> so this year, no, I'm not going to do that. But on the I'm flip side, gonna... if we do advance, 
get all your best stuff out. I expect you two on Twitter yeah. to just get back. I mean, especially start with the uh, yeah. the Dortmund Twitter account, who's been really talking yeah. a lot. Um, so just oh, get man. those comebacks ready. It yeah. would be all for not because like we go into the quarterfinal and have to face Barcelona or like Liverpool because like that's oh. how the footballing gods work. Yeah, we're definitely destined like, for Liverpool. I mean, a, a, a good banter thing as well would be for us to get knocked out now and like Leon to go through and then like go all the way to the final and they'll be like, her, her. Jean-Michel Aulas will be there like doing a lap of honour, like sticking two fingers up to PSG. <laughs> I'll just be like, oh man, that's the sort of thing I could imagine happening. Yeah. Kind of like Monaco in was it 2017 when they went yeah, to the semifinals? Yeah, exactly. It's like all these other French teams can do it. For some reason, yeah. they can. Well, guys, I left some time here because we've got a few really good Twitter questions that came through. The first one we've already talked about a little bit, but just maybe one or two word responses from you guys. So at PSG versus UEFA, which I love that Twitter handle. <laughs> do you think Kwasi should start versus Dortmund? Let's get you guys on the record. Do you think he should start, James? No, no. Okay. Like I'd like to see him play. But I don't, I don't think he should start. Again, we don't want to, you know, corrupt this this young soul uh, with this PSG filth uh, yeah. just yet. Uh, so, no, I think the game is, like, far too important and the lights are far too bright. And beyond that, I just think there's a uh, – it's important to have the, the players who kind of are familiar with the formation and the pace to be in the position to take the game by the scruff of the neck. Like, I think that's really important. And if we get a few goals going, then maybe you sub in Kawasi to add a, a, few, a bit of, like, a defensive layer. But I don't put that much pressure on him. Not not at this point in his career whatsoever. Very good. Matt, what do you think? Oh, I have nothing to add. I 100% okay. agree with my, my learned friend over there. Uh, yeah, there's no heat. Uh, scoring a couple of goals against Amiens is very different to doing it in a really high-pressure situation. See, say that, but it's, it's the nature yeah. of the goals. They were, I believe, off of two crosses. I mean, he's six foot two, yeah. incredible leaping ability. And, like, I don't think we saw him at the birthday party. You don't see this guy on social <laughs> media. I don't even think he has a Twitter account. I, lo- I love everything enough, about him. About there's no way he's actually 17. Like, the way he just yeah. carries himself... I love everything about him. I would not be upset if he started at all. Um, this next question is really insightful. We we'll had to spend some time on it. It's from at PSG is life. So he wants to know what are your thoughts on the PSG project from when it started to now? And he, he references Leipzig is doing exactly what he thinks that PSG, PSG should have done years ago, which is slowly building for a bigger and brighter future and not rushing it. They, they've kind of taken their time, um, mostly by kind of pillaging the, the French league of young talent. So do you think, Let's just say if PSG lose this season, do you think they should blow it up and kind of start bringing up prospects like Kwasi and um, Alshish and, and start with these young kids and work to build up to a Champions League that way instead of trying to bring in players like Neymar? What do you think, uh, Matt? Uh, I don't, I've, that is a really good question. I saw that on yeah. Twitter. Good, good, uh, good point. I've been yeah. pondering it. I think that it's not a... Uh, I don't think it's an ideal comparison because Leipzig is a fake team, basically. It's a completely fake team. I don't think any Leipzig fans, well, there aren't any Leipzig fans, actually. My friend lives in Leipzig. Uh, they don't exist. Um, but So it's a completely um, a blank canvas, basically. You can start and do whatever you like. PSG wasn't a blank canvas, so you come with a lot of sort of expectation. It's always been a bit of an FC Hollywood, even before we had this massive amount of money. So I don't think you could have done a similar project with PSG. You've also got the Qataris have got a very much a time constraint. 
I assume that they want, would ideally like to win the Champions League before the World Cup in 2022, which looking increasingly unlikely, but I guess that's what they were thinking, you know, absolutely 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. So I, while in an ideal world, I like the Leipzig sporting project and from what I understand, it's a really nice place to go and watch football and they've got a brand new London, yada, yada. It's not, I don't think that's ever, that was ever realistic with PSG and I don't think it ever will be realistic with PSG under this current ownership but it would be nice I would like it I think everyone likes to see young players develop and like hopefully not like turning complete arseholes like Adrian Rabio, but to stay with the club for a few years and develop and you know grow a team like that rather than bringing in ready-made superstars but I think I think we're always going to be the superstar club uh, for better or worse yeah James what do you think yeah well I definitely agree with everything Matt said literally like uh leipzig is a fake club in fact like they were created 10 years ago uh but like their mission was to get to the bundesliga like that's why they were created and so it's a bit different from us you know where we're trying to get to a champions league win uh they've already achieved their goal so like sky's the limit now versus us you know we're literally trying to win the hardest hardest championship in the world to win uh, which is it's a crapshoot. You know, you might win the Super Bowl more than you win a Champions League. So it's a very difficult and very different set of uh, of circumstances here. You know, additionally, do, I guess to go back to the question of like, do you blow up the team? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you augment it quite a bit, right? I think there's a there's quite a few players that need to be uh, let go, and you know, you kind of start from that perspective. You know, I keep banging the gavel on bringing in like a Minelik Savage or bringing in like a Kai Harvitz that can give us a lot more dimension in that midfield. Um, and I think, you know, we're coming to the precipice of this Neymar versus Mbappe situation on like whose team is it anyway? And, you know, I don't, I don't know what that future looks like for Neymar, but I know, and I think other like, uh, PSG contributors have said, you know, you kind of have to hold on Mbappe for dear life. And maybe it's a conversation that you have in the offseason where you say, you know, Mbappe, we are prepared to build this team around you if you stay. And that's like a bargaining chip that Real Madrid cannot give Mbappe because they are not going to build the team around him as evident of, of Ronaldo leaving. Right. They are not going to build a team around the superstar because it's just not in their culture. But that's something that PSG can perhaps offer to someone like an Mbappe. And maybe that's a bargaining chip that gets him to stay. And then you build a culture and a team around Mbappe with the players that can complement him in a way where we can actually get some things done. But I think you have to, you know, give this team a root canal in in so many words. Uh, And I don't know if it's a matter of bringing up players like uh what's his name Ayoshish and yeah. I like him uh but I don't know if that's going to be enough for uh the Q- the QSI era or the Qataris who are you know to Matt's point aiming for a 2020 uh 2022 uh Champions League win like what's going to happen after the World Cup is kind of where I'm getting a bit nervous because they might be disinterested and sell the team. And then where does that kind of leave us? So it's an interesting time. Yeah, it's a definitely an interesting question. I know other league on teams would probably like it if PSG went that route and maybe didn't bring in as many superstars. Um, but I don't see it happening. A lot of the sponsorship deals are probably contingent on Mbappe and Neymar being with the team and 
probably lose money if they leave. So uh, I think the superstars are probably here to stay. And I think this summer, maybe bringing another one. And I I don't know, maybe Neymar and Mbappe leave. I don't know. If you sold Mbappe for $300 million, you could buy a lot of players with that. So speaking of some of the players leaving, what are the repercussions of losing to Dortmund? Players leave. Tuchel is probably guaranteed to lose his job. Um, Neymar has said he's open to a contract extension, but it's dependent on how far PSG go in the Champions League. We know Mbappe's like incredible thirst for trophies. He's not winning the Ballon d'Or by losing in the round of 16 for two years in a row. Um, so, Matt, what are the repercussions? Do you see any others, or is there one big one that you think PSG should be worried about the most? Um, I... I think that if we do lose, I think we should all be able to give the team root canal, like James suggested, like just as a sort of to make ourselves feel better. Um, I think, but in serious repercussions, I think the Mbappe situation is the most interesting, isn't it, with his contract and what happens there? Because he's, it feels like, I don't know, it feels like obviously Mbappe is probably in his worst form of his life so far, like, which, you know, is mad because he's still like really doing good. all right. Uh, but, you, you don't you sort of worry whether it's sort of because he's always like seems like a really good character and everyone says how very level-headed and grounded and what a good guy he is you sort of hope he's not sort of we're not sort of seeing the start of a sort of i don't know a shift towards a more sort of prima dominant attitude for him so i think that would be the most interesting thing for, or the most worrying thing for me would be the sort of mbappe situation and the sort of you know the interviews he's been giving where he's sort of been giving a bit of a nudge and a wink to the other teams and stuff like just to keep things interesting and i think if we go out in the round of 16 again it would be it'd only be natural for him to start thinking well maybe i've done as much as i can here or maybe this is never gonna work out for me sort of thing uh so i think that'd be the big one i think beyond that i'm not too fussed i mean neymar uh you see we'll see what happens i think i wouldn't be in a hurry to give him a new contract personally just and leave it for a bit and see how it develops uh do you think Mbappe so, yeah. could pull a uh, I'm taking my talents to South Beach, kind of like LeBron, and yeah. <laughs> and leave his hometown <laughs> yeah, club? Was, um, I mean, I don't know what any of that stuff. I mean, I know who LeBron is, but beyond that, I <laughs> yeah, that stuff. Means, we'll explain so, it to yeah. you later. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to say yes. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. yeah. I guess I can answer that, right? Yeah. I, um, <laughs> that's funny. I think there is something to be said if we're going to use a, a basketball quip. You know, I think there is something to be said about going somewhere else and learning how to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's in the cards for Mbappe. Uh, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think any of us do. But I hope that it happens early enough for PSG as a club to then counteract that with either, you know, a bigger uh, wage with uh, or, you know, offering a bigger wage or a bigger bonus to Mbappe or getting players to replace him. Yeah. And obviously no one can obviously replace Mbappe, but you know, restocking the team as early as possible is in their best interest. And so I hope if there is a decision to be made around Neymar, around Mbappe, that it happens early in the transfer window, which gives us enough time to negotiate with other teams as well as pay the PSG tax to whoever we yeah. bring on. Uh, but it needs to happen early. It can't happen, you know, four days before the transfer window closes, like the debacle that happened between Barcelona last year. It needs to happen early. And so if the Neymar wants to leave and Mavi want to leave, let us know. <laughs> let yeah. us know after we lose to Dortmund. Right? I actually wrote a piece not too long ago that I thought that Mbappe owed it to PSG. After the we know what happened in the Champions League, he owes it to them to say, 
I'm absolutely not staying here. You need to start making arrangements. Or, yeah, I'm open. Give me a contract. This is what I want. Like, I think the two sides need to just be honest with each other. Unlike with Neymar last year where everything was kind of like behind the scenes. You didn't really know what was going on until much later. I don't know. I just feel like Mbappe owes it to PSG, to be honest, uh-huh. with what he wants. And I don't think anyone would begrudge him. You tried your best. You're no, insanely talented. If you, <laughs> right. want, if you want to leave, go go ahead. But don't don't leave PSG you know, in turmoil oh. after that and not having any players and limited time to sign anyone. I think the issue there is that the player, the players in this case have the power. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have the ability to decide whether or not they want to stay and uh, to a degree, right? Yeah. Because if you're coming up on a contract year, you have a bit more leverage versus if you just signed a four-year deal where you need to force a transfer. Uh, but certainly I would think it would be at, in the best interest of Mbappe to let PSG know early. He doesn't have to, yeah. uh, but it just gives him a few more options and in the team, you know, a bit more opportunity to negotiate a fair trade. Um, so he doesn't have to, mm-hmm. I wish he would yeah. be kind of nice, but and his contract yeah, runs yeah. until 2022. Some people, I mean, there was a report that PSG are never planning to sell him at all. Like they're willing to let him leave for free. Because, again, his contract goes until 2022. It's no coincidence that's also when the World Cup is. So PSG could just Mm -hmm. keep him until the Qatar World Cup and just let him leave for nothing. Jeez. They don't need the money. I mean... Uh, Yeah. I guess for other clubs, you could see that as being, like, catastrophic, but losing a 300 million uh, euro player, it doesn't seem like it would damage PSG that much as opposed to maybe other teams. So it's an interesting situation. I think... Yeah, the biggest repercussions definitely Mbappe or Neymar could leave. I think at minimum Tuchel's going to lose his job. We've we've seen it with other managers, so I think that's a given. And uh, we'll probably see another mass exodus. Silva probably won't be extended. Cavani could leave. Meunier probably could leave. There's a lot of players. So uh, let's skip through here. Someone did ask about the manager. They wanted to know. um, They were from at Esafuddin. I think I said that right. So this team lacks one thing, and that's a winning mentality. They believe Mourinho was the perfect manager to fix that. He's obviously at Tottenham right now. So was it a mistake not to bring Mourinho in for Tuchel? Uh, I mean, I think that Mourinho to PSG feels like something which ought to happen at some point. Maybe it's not going to now. It's always felt like quite a good match to me, just like because everybody hates us and everybody hates Mourinho. I mean, I... (laughs) Uh, no, basically, we shouldn't have got Mourinho as manager. I mean, I I love Mourinho like everyone, I think, of my generation. Like, when he first came on the scene, he was, like, you know, this really interesting guy. Like, got loads to say, you know, a lot of charisma. But I think his day was, like, you know, five or ten years ago now. And he's sort of, he feels like a tribute act to the old Mourinho. So I really would have been quite depressed at this point if we... um if we'd have appointed him, even though I would have kind of liked to have seen what happened. So no, I don't think that's a big, I don't think that's a big miss for us, but I do think, I think either way to unless he wins the champions league is probably toast anyway, because he's not Leonardo's man. Is he? We've seen this. We saw the first time when Leonardo was in charge, he was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'll keep Convarare. I'll keep Convarare. Six months later on your bike, mate, Ancelotti's available. I'm getting him. So I think this summer we'll be changing coach regardless of what happens pretty much. I think it's going to be Allegri or Pochettino. They're both out there. I think yeah. it just makes sense. It's going to be one of those two. Yeah. Uh, James, Mourinho for you? No. No. Um, <laughs> no. I, I agree like with it. everything Matt said. Um, let me see here. 
give me one player. So let's assume um, this question came in from Ananthu047. So let's say Marquinhos is in the midfield. Who are you partnering with him? Paredes or Idrissi Gay or somebody else? I don't know if there is anyone else, but James, who do you think? Yeah. I, I mean, I think Gay is the obvious choice. We just need one game for him, right? And I think uh, we saw what he could do with the Real Madrid match, and I've been looking for it ever since. But we just need one match, you know, to get over this hump. Um, and I'm just really taking it game by game now. Uh, if we could just get over this hump, maybe that'll change things around. I don't know. But I'd probably pair him with uh with gay i think that'd be pretty interesting actually having those two in that midfield it would definitely give us a more defensive presence marquinhos can actually pass Mm -hmm. as opposed to paredes who cannot uh so even that gives you a bit more dimension paredes is and this is all either yeah and i guess it's all contingent on the shape that they take you know uh because tuco could also still be stubborn and say no three four three uh, going down with the ship, my way or the highway, which seems to be the case a lot of times with him, unfortunately, which is like this this weird mental coaching thing that he has to get over. It's frustrating. Yeah. Matt, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think that I'd probably go with Gay as well. I think, I don't know if there's going to be much chance to get Paredes into the team, really, but um, between now and then, it'd be interesting to see. But I think he's not done it for us in the big game so far. You might, if you were feeling generous, you'd say he hasn't had that many opportunities, but I think it's probably not the match for him. Like you were saying, he doesn't, he's not the quickest. He's, he's quite a sort of bit sort of more on the Tiago Motta speed of life. And uh, I think Dortmund are really energetic. I think we need Gay's energy and hopefully he can channel it in a useful manner. I actually thought he was trying in the first leg. He didn't have a good game, obviously, but at least I think he's he a player that, that got it, affected by the yellow wall. Yeah, yeah. He was. He. I don't know. Like I sort of felt that with Neymar as well. Like he didn't yeah. have his best game, but he was at least trying to do stuff and trying to get on the ball and trying to make things happen. And Gay was at least like showing for the passes, yeah. trying to get in good positions, even if a lot of the time he didn't do anything with it. So um, he just yeah. made a lot of little errors, yeah. like you know, missed passes. Yeah. I feel like at home he's going to play better. Yeah, hopefully, and hopefully it's not a case because obviously he hasn't really played Champions League that much before. Hopefully it's not a case of him, you know, being a good league and player and not being able to make that step up when it really matters. So we'll, I guess we'll we'll find out soon yeah. enough. March eleventh, it'll be here. All right, guys, last question here. This is this is a good question. So take your time and think about it if you need to. But let's say the higher ups, Nasser, everyone else, decide to hit the reset button on this team. Name three players from the current roster you would like to keep. Take contract situation and club relations into account. So I can go first and let you guys uh, think about it. But I would, I think Marquinhos, he signed an extension. I think he's essential. Uh, Verratti, I think he's essential. He also signed a contract extension. So those are two players. And then my third might surprise you. I'm going to say Kwasi. I rate him that much. I think if we can get him signed a professional contract, I think he is a special player. And I, I think he's a player that you can build around either as a defensive midfielder or center back. So those are my three. What do you, we'll go with Matt. If you, do you have three players? Three players. Oh, yeah. good. Um, I think Marquinhos as well um, because he's just great, isn't he? Just seems like a nice chap as well. Um, 
think I'd go with Mbappe as well, just because it's Mbappe, right? I think that I think if we can get him to sign a new contract and say, like you were saying, James, basically, I think say this team's yours. You're you're the man now. Uh, see what happens with Neymar, but you're obviously his stars on the rise, isn't it? And I think the third one would be Kador Navas actually, because mm. I think that he's made such a difference. Like I'm always been a big Ariola guy, but I think we've seen this season like Navas having a competent or confident keeper who does it when it matters and who can be relied on has been really important to this team I think that we could probably get him quite easily quite cheaply and I think if we can do that we should do it as soon as possible really so that'd be my three uh, off the top of my head interesting James what are your three uh, so I think we all have Marquinhos as a baseline, right? Uh, just throw the uh, throw the armband on him. Uh, but I also think you know Mbappe for the obvious reasons. Like there is no other Mbappe out there. Um, and then I'd also probably keep Icardi. Uh, I think you know I I was why well, am still very high on a player like Timo Werner. Timo Werner, mm-hmm. but I think he is kind of attached to Liverpool in some way. Yeah. So he might be off the market soon. Otherwise, I would say, you know, we can get rid of Icardi and go after Werner. But uh, Marquinhos, Mbappe, and Icardi for right now, I think he's showing what he can potentially do for us. Um, I just wonder if it's, you know, just this one season or if he's got something in the tank for, for future seasons. So we'll see. You guys are making me feel bad. I'm the only one who didn't pick uh, Mbappe. So send your hate mail to psgtalk1970 at gmail.com. Ed hates Mbappe. He hates his guts. I'm just saying, hey, sell him for $300 million, build around, you know, those three players I picked. And I think you can get a team that, hey, we can at least get to the round of 16 and get knocked out with that team. Yeah. So at least we wouldn't have to deal with the when is Mbappe going to leave rumors. So yeah. that's my thinking. Yeah, but. Then there'll be another player where you're asking the same questions. One and two, if you sell Mbappe, then you have to face Mbappe eventually. And you don't want to do that. You really don't want to face him on another team that has a bunch of stars and he's looking to make a mockery of the team he left. You don't want that. Yeah. No, you're right. You don't want that at all. Well, that's a good note to end on. That's all of our questions. Thanks for everyone who sent in questions. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, Matt, let everyone know how to find you on Twitter. If you want to plug anything else, now's your chance. Uh, yeah, look me up on Twitter at PSG Taurus. Talk to me about Jeremy Menez or PSG or anything, really. So, yeah, thanks very much. like it. And James? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at it's underscore JCJ. Uh, throw all your hate my way. I can take it. Or, and, or your love. And you guys will be active on Twitter during the game, right? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I didn't yeah, know. Cause some, Mark doesn't like to be on Twitter, which I think is hilarious. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I didn't know who else will be on Twitter watching this debacle. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll I'll be in the I'll be in the uh, scaffolding watching, looking down at the at the pitch. But uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, until then, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys.